0: Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us.
1: Too many water spots. Chef, chef, tell the dishwasher that got to change something back there. We got too many water spots. Star, hi. Hey, how's it going, Ken? Good, good. How are you? Doing great. Excellent. Did, did you hear that Miss Marilyn's back in town? No, she, I didn't. I was wondering who yes, this table was yes, for. Yes, this is her favorite table. She and her and her lady friends will be joining us. Oh, perfect. They're, they're due any minute now. I think it's a, I thought they were here at 2.15 or 12.15. They're running a little behind, but you know how that is. Oh, yeah, I know how that you know, is. They'll be here soon. Cool.
2: Well, I know that they were always really fun to listen to their conversations. They always talked about some great stuff.
1: Yes, yes, really fascinating. I didn't, couldn't follow half of it, but what I heard was just marvelous. Wonderful. Yes, and remember, if anything goes wrong, be sure the check goes to Miss Marilyn, because she's the bigger tipper.
2: Oh, of course, of course. I will make sure that gets to her, okay. indeed.
1: Oh, here they are. Oh, Hi, welcome. Pam. Hi, Star. Good to see you. Good to see you all. Thank you, Ken. Oh,
2: this
1: is beautiful. Yes, yeah. well, thank you so much. This one is for you. Oh, thank you. This Absolutely,
2: yes. Are you comfortable? Just perfect.
1: Excellent.
3: So, Marilyn, it is so good to have you back in Portland. Everybody's so excited. And Nancy wanted to join us. Oh, remember Nancy? Of course. Yeah, it's been since prac training that we've had a chance to catch up together. And boy, prac training was intense, wasn't it? We did a lot of good work, and we worked through a lot of crap. <laughs> and I don't want to use the word uh, crap. Stuff. Thank you. Thank you, staff. Staff is fine. But it actually is more than that. But that's okay. That's okay. So, um... Do you remember anything in particular that was really important that that came up for you during that time? Oh,
2: do I ever. One of the things that I remember hearing so often is that in science of mind, it's important that we look for the good in all things. And what I discovered was that included communicating with my ex. When I purchased my car, I just felt so free. I felt like I was leaving the remnants of my divorce behind me. I felt like I was standing strong financially on my own two feet, and it felt so good. It was like freedom. Well, three days after I purchased my car, I received a call from the loan officer. She quickly informed me that everything was okay with the loan. However, she said, "I have an inquiry. You listed you were renting. What are you doing with the property that has the two mortgages on it?" And I said, oh, "I don't. I think you have the wrong customer. I don't own any property." And she said, "Oh no, it's attached to your social security number. It's it's the loan is in your name." And I said, "Well, what are the names of the loans?" As soon as she told me. I knew they were attached to the once-upon-a-time dream house that my ex and I owned, which in the divorce settlement, I gave up all claim and all financial responsibility to. So it did require communicating with my ex. The first communication was very calm, very smooth, and I went, Oh, this is lovely. This is going so well. This is going to work out. Well, as soon as the topic of who's going to pay the fee for having my name removed from the mortgage came up, all the stuffed resentment and anger on both of our parts surfaced, and things got really ugly. So much so that I showed up on a Saturday morning wearing my red cowboy boots to a woman's book study, and I said, I'm so damn mad, I just want to kick him where it hurts. So practitioner in training, right? That's the behavior of a practitioner. And then I came to prac training that following Tuesday, and Reverend Sharon reminded me. She said, Marilyn, always remember the thing is not the thing. She said, what do you think is really going on here? Well, in my wisdom self, I was like, I don't know. And I will always remember the kindness and compassion that flowed through her eyes when she said, oh, Marilyn, yes, within you, there is a part of you that does know. Check in with your wisdom center. Ask for its guidance. When I left that night, as I was driving home, the answer came through. I felt powerless. And as soon as I recognized that that was not the truth of my being and that it was fear breathing in my face that was causing this anger and resentment, I chose to not respond to the most recent acrimonious email. I just went, you know, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm going to let it be. And I chose to start affirming there is a higher order resolution revealing itself in this situation right here, right now. And I just kept saying that over and over and over and over again. And what happened was my heart center started opening up. And as my heart center started opening up, I could feel a different response to the email formulating. So when I sent my response, it was a different communication pattern. And what I received back was a different communication pattern. And what I found out was information about financial devastation in the wake of the divorce, and I was moved to compassion for myself and for my ex, and that switched everything. So the good in this situation, the mortgage situation is still resolving itself, but the good in this situation is there is no longer any resentment, no longer any anger. I am at peace.
1: The key to creating a bigger and more expansive life is to recognize that the anger which surfaced about finances wasn't the thing. The thing was choosing to feel powerless, which is not the truth of our being. Ernest Holmes wrote, Through spiritual discernment we see that we have within us a power which is greater than anything that we can ever contact, a power that can overcome every obstacle in our experience and set us safe, satisfied, and at peace healed and prosperous in a new light and in a new life. The healing process isn't always easy. We must allow our hidden, repressed emotions, sometimes referred to as our shadow, to reveal itself in order for healing to occur. Through acceptance of our entire self, we embrace self-love. With self-love, we can use our inner power, the divine creative process, to expand our good in ways that are highest and best for all concerned.
2: So Nancy, you were so gracious as I was walking through that situation. Do you recall some of the situations you were looking at or the stuff you were looking at in practitioner training?
4: Well, my stuff is from a long time ago. So um, I was born into a father-knows-best family, well-respected, four superstars, big shots in a small town and I just knew I had to keep up with everybody so I assumed that I would be kicked out of the family if I didn't perform. So that wasn't true, but I never felt good enough. Um, I needed to be people pleaser. Um, I felt shame if I had to ask for help. Um, I knew I was supposed to be self-sufficient. There was just all of that. So I was a good girl and um, stuffed it all inside here. Religion wasn't a big part of our family at that point. It was kind of a Jesus loves me thing and that didn't really resolve much. So, um, I was generally successful in my career, growing up and and all. And I worked hard, and I just did it all, and because I thought you're supposed to. And um, and then in 1996. Um, I came across the book, uh, Conversations with God. So I had been a spiritual seeker up to that point, uh, but that just was totally the paradigm shift, which led me to the Portland Center for Spiritual Living, and it just totally changed my life. So what I realized was when I heard that God was within us, not that guy in the sky, um, that God was within me and I was a part of God and that I was loved, then I didn't have to earn it anymore. It wasn't about doing stuff. It was about being. And so the being was being the love, being the light, being all that good stuff that was already within me. Now, that was really phenomenal. I mean, that was just so different. Um, So, at this point, um, coming into Science of Mind, it's just really affirmed that every time I know that my job is to be the love, to be the light, Um, And I still do stuff, but that's not what fills my heart. So that's where I am today. What a relief.
1: This was a case of mistaken identity. It appeared that self-worth and self-esteem were the driving forces in Nancy's life, doing everything in order to be worthy of love. But the truth is, as Reverend Larry says every week, go within to that altar of the Most High and know that you are loved that you are loving and love itself. We have to get rid of all those old scripts that may say that you have to earn it because it is really done to you as you believe.
4: So, Annette, I bet you've had a few experiences
3: through all this. I have. I've had quite a few experiences. And one of them comes to mind, and it actually started before practitioner training. So... I also grew up in a family where we were taught that life is really hard, that you really have to work hard to get ahead. I was taught there's never enough money. And whenever I wanted something, oftentimes I was told, you know, we don't have money for this or that or the other. And I also learned that no matter what, it was never, ever enough. I couldn't study enough. My grades weren't enough. Um, I could have always done better, I should have done better, so that's what I was taught when I grew up. So once I joined the corporate world, I did just that, I worked very hard, I put in long hours, I didn't get a lot of recognition, it was very, very scarce, and sometimes when it was time for my review, I was even told that I should work harder, and that I should get more clients and close more transactions. And that was really sad. I really felt bad when these situations came about. And after working for the company for 25 years and all this hard work and all this time and effort, I got laid off. And I was absolutely speechless. And my boss kept saying, say something, say something. But I was just almost paralyzed. I couldn't say anything. Because at that time, I discovered that my belief was that without a job, I would wind up living under the Burnside Bridge. And. Saving grace, within 24 hours, I got rehired by the same company, but over in Vancouver, which wasn't, you know, too far to to travel to. And um, within a year, the branch office that I was working in was supposed to get closed. And I was doing the same thing over again. I was working hard, and I was... I was putting in long hours, and I put myself under a lot of stress, making sure I had lots of clients, and I was closing lots of transactions. But the office was supposed to be closed. In the meantime, I had become a member of this community. And I jumped into taking classes. Because I was told that you know, classes is the way to evolve, the way to get rid of some of the limiting beliefs, the way to uncover what they are. So I jumped into the classes right away, and the first class I took was financial freedom. <coughs> Figures, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so what an eye-opener that was. I learned that... Not my job, but God is my source and supply. And I often felt like I had to do it all. If I didn't do it all, it just wouldn't get done. And I learned that whatever I do, I never do it. It is always God working in, through, and as me, right? And even though I felt alone at times, but I am never alone. I learned that this power and presence is within me and it is present in my life, whether I like it or not, or whether I know it or not. It is there because God and I are one and there's no way we can be separated ever. And another thing that I learned is that in God, all things are possible. So when the office finally closed and I wanted to transfer to an office that didn't have an opening, I asked to be laid off. So that's how far I had come in trusting that God is my source and supply. And um, my boss was a little taken back that I would do that, but I did, and I thought a sabbatical would be a good time to get away from the long hours and from the stress and, and just to take some time for myself and just be and breathe instead of do all the time. So that happened in the summer of 2001. And that sabbatical is still going on today. <laughs> Because I, ha- I haven't gone back to work full-time since. I, I work part-time, you know, here and there and the other, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And I'm doing well financially. I'm growing and growing to an ever-larger degree spiritually and emotionally. And I'm certainly not living under the Burnside Bridge. <laughs>
1: So Annette's story, which she was kept telling herself is that she had to work hard for the money and that it was her job that was going to be her source. And without that, she was nothing and no one. But we know the truth that creating a bigger life comes from recognizing the power and the presence of God and God as being your source and supply. So today on behalf of the practitioner I, corps, I want to invite you to participate in a, a project Each of you will have the opportunity, we trust we'll have enough spaces for everyone, to participate in a 30-minute get-together session, one-on-one with the practitioner, to take a look at your life, to hear your story, whether it's a his story or a her story, it's not the truth of who you are, and that's the key. The thing is not always the thing, and for many of us, we get confused about that. So please participate, see a practitioner in the back, and they will find a time, an opportunity for us to say that you are the gift of the world. Thank you.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.